welcome back to another episode. I am your host, Jacob Bryant, a.k.a. JB. And I'm Josh. Good to be back. Thanks for checking in with us again, guys. We got a pretty good episode, or at least we think. Josh and I have been talking about a couple things this week, so we're just going to jump right into it. Josh, you want to you wanna tell the people what's in store here? Yeah, we got a couple of topics. It's been kind of quiet on the news front for things to really discuss, but there are there are still some sleepers, I guess I'll call it. It has been interesting to see. I haven't I haven't been able to make it to the movies like July and August have been crazy busy for me. But Mission Impossible Fallout. It's, yes. It's one of the best rated Mission Impossible movies and one of the best movies of the year I'm hearing. I know a couple of people who've seen it and they've had, you know, nothing but good things to say, so it's really good to see that this long running series, I think it's over what, twenty years old now? Like twenty three twenty two, twenty three years, something like that. Yeah, it's still going strong. Which is nice to see that it's not just pumping out movies and putting out garbage and just to get people to, to go see and keep spending their money on it. I'm I mean, definitely we'll, checking we'll, out maybe we'll ignore uh M I two. <laughs> but all the other ones were <laughs> all the other ones were pretty good. I don't remember that one. I remember the third one. I don't know if it was on TV or not, because that's the one by J.J. Abrams. Exactly. And I remember liking it when it first came out and then rewatching it maybe like a year or two ago and not really liking it that much. Really? Yeah. Maybe I got to rewatch it. You might have to. Um, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was a beast. Yeah, he was really good. But my thing was like, uh, the what's her name? The, the lady from... Uh, with Felicity or whatever, she was in it, but she was in it for like two seconds and then she right. died. Carrie Russell. Yeah, Carrie Russell. Um, thanks. Last time I saw it, I think it was on TV. I think it was like the commercial breaks or something like that. That they maybe were messing up the flow of the story. Yeah, I, I, I'd say how that would work. I might, I might revisit it, but I definitely want to check out Fallout because I'm hearing good things about it. Yeah, it comes highly recommended. I'm, I'm kind of like you. I just didn't get an opportunity to check it out i tried my best to to make it happen but that one i can't we can't do a proper review on but i have not heard anything bad from from any credible sources so i'm i'm definitely looking forward to that one yeah and it's doing well on both fronts critic review and the box office where it's making money good for tom cruise i mean i like how you know it's so weird if you look back you know 30 years ago or whatever when you look back at some of the older celebrities when they were hitting their 50s and stuff like that they weren't really doing with the exception of like roger moore and sean connery um they weren't really doing a lot of action movies and if you if you watch them some of the stunts uh you know i don't know if it's because of progression of techniques and time or not but some of the the fight scenes and action scenes when you go back and watch them they're they're ridiculously slow like if you if you go back and watch james bond of utah kill which is probably the worst james bond movie ever made agreed (laughs) roger i think roger moore was like 56 or something when he when he did that um but if you look at the fight scene some of them are just so slow so tom cruise is like his early 50s and he's still doing his own stunts and everything like that so i hope he keeps it up and doesn't injure himself but it's just interesting to see the change in dynamics between actors from you know a couple decades ago to now you know I, i feel like Maybe because I'm getting closer, you know, as as, as I age, <laughs> <laughs> that 50 is not that old anymore, and that right. it's not you're you're not a senior citizen. So. 
I mean, I think society has changed a lot in that way, too. Still, you know, don't give our more senior people the, the respect they deserve in a lot of cases, but uh, and oh, women definitely. in particular. But I would agree that just as a society, I think 50 is not as old as it as we used to to view it. No, not at all. And even like even if you look at superheroes like Liam Neeson, when he took over, not took over. But when the friend, the uh, what's it called? Oh my goodness, the uh, oh, the Expendables. No, no, not the Expendables. Uh, Taken. When the Taken franchise was started up, I mean, he was what his late forties, early fifties when he was doing that, and then he just it was almost like you know an adrenaline shot to his career because he became like one of the top action heroes of the time, and he was. Yeah, but even with that, it was kind of the same type of story. What I what I found about that, it was probably not the right way to say this it was age appropriate for him though because it wasn't a lot of like crazy physical stuff that he had to do it was just you know grumpy old man with with a gun i mean there were fight scenes but it was they weren't like extended crazy brawls like you might have got with like jason Bourne or something like that but i think it helped you know usher in a new era of change the mindset of that you know an action star had to be a young person absolutely i mean that's how you get denzel in the equalizer that's how that's ooh, that's the only one I can think of right now because it was just him and really Liam Neeson <laughs> and Tom yeah. Cruise. Arnold's still out there doing it. Arnold is out there doing it. And Sylvester Stallone, who's in, they're both in crazy shape. Josh Brolin. Josh, Josh Brolin has just hit 50, though. So Did he? I thought he was older than that. No, nah, I think he, he just hit 50, so he's younger. Uh, Will okay. Smith. Even though I don't think Will Smith has really done an action movie in a couple years. Nah. No, but I mean, their careers are still, they still got a long way ahead of them, you know, and the options aren't limited. They don't just have to play somebody's parent in a in a rom-com or something like that. So it's pretty cool. I think so. Yeah. Speaking of, of Denzel, I heard somewhere, maybe me and you were talking, you know, offline or something. I can't remember. Is he trying to do like a superhero movie now? So that's what I did hear that. I, I heard that there was like some interest there which is kind of different from what he was saying before. I think he was kind of shying away from it, but I think that really does give some weight even more so uh, to these movies. You know, the genre of movies are not just these fringe things anymore. Like you can get legit movie star and talented people to take these roles pretty seriously. I don't know how, you know, how solid the confirmation is with, with Denzel specifically, but I've heard it on a couple of places that, there may be some interest there. Yeah. I just think that, that nobody has reached out to him yet. At least that's what he's saying. Gotcha. So is he kind of, I didn't have a chance to like really look into it. I think he'd be a good hero because he's, is he interested in like, I don't want to say a side, but is he interested in like the DC characters? Is he like Marvel or is he, or from what you've heard or read, does nah, it seem there, like he's just kind of like there open? wasn't, there wasn't anything specific about it just the idea of being in a superhero movie period but you know what's so weird about that is like like you mentioned the Irk, he's in the the equalizer movies right you know he's done a couple of action movies recently like two guns with mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. And i know i'm missing a ton of them to me it seems kind of like odd that he would want to do a superhero movie when he's i guess he has kind of been doing them already i don't think it's that odd though because those are your big blockbuster films now you know and they're they're kind of the overreaching genre but you can get subgenres within that so yes the the 
overall ideas it's a superhero film but they're not the same like they can be written and directed with a similar theme you know of the hero's quest but they're not going to be the same at all i think i've said this before you know spider-man homecoming is nothing like you know batman begins is nothing like captain america winter soldier is nothing like iron man but they all do have superheroes but they're not the same movie so i think there's there's room for him. I'll take him. What role would you envision him in? That'd be tough. Um, I think a character who I would like to see him play has who has not been introduced in the film universe yet, though. But I think he would be really, really dope as Blue Marvel, who's not a super popular character, I don't think. Like, people know, but not a lot of people know about him. But essentially, he's the Marvel version of Superman, but he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And he's age-appropriate for it doesn't necessarily have to be super super physical uh because he's a scientist first and he prefer not to even get physical but when it has to happen it has to happen and he you know he has the power to do it right i could see that i'm trying to think of 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 somebody on either side and even outside of the big the big two you know outside of dc and marvel and i don't know i'm having a hard time yeah it's it's one of those things where there's a, a bunch of different characters where you can kind of plug, a, you know, said actor into, but then you get like brain overload. It's kind of hard to to place them anywhere. That was the the first one that came to my mind was was Blue Marvel. I mean, I could see John Stewart if you wanted to go with an older one. And that's what I did not want to say. I did not want to say uh, John Stewart because I I just don't think like, I think he could do it, but I don't I don't want to see an older John Stewart. I agree. I I mean, he, he'd be just fine with it, but I think I'd rather see a younger one. I Actually, if we're going to go DC, I think he could be a good Mr. Terrific. You can age him. And again, another, you know, more cerebral character. Um, You can make him Dr. Fate. Okay. I can see that. People might be up in arms about that one, but I'm like, look, the dude's powers are like Egyptian-based, right? So why wouldn't Denzel work there? But isn't but that's that's kind of like the the Thor hammer, right? Isn't it? Whoever has the the helmet or whatever has the the powers of Doctor Faith, right? But then the problem with with that character in particular, why do you hire a movie star with a bankable face and then hide him behind a mask? That's true, because you don't you're not going to get that dramatic lip biting from uh, Denzel in that case. The Book of Eli. Sorry, that's one of the ones I was thinking about earlier. Where he was kind of like the superhero. Yep. You know, it's funny, too, because you, you mentioned uh, John Stewart, and I, I kind of heard or read that Tom Cruise is being looked at for a reboot of Green Lantern. I saw that. And I I don't know how true it is, because it's one of the sites I saw, and I don't really take too much of their headlines with a grain of salt, just because sometimes their headlines are just straight up, uh, what is it called, uh, Click clickbait. Bait. And I try to avoid them, but then I saw that, and I was like, okay, well, he is he is hot right now, you know. He has Mission Impossible Fallout, which is just, I think, exceeding expectation. I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind seeing another Green Lantern movie, but I would like to see a John Stewart Green Lantern and not Hal Jordan. Well, um, I believe that what they're working on is Green Lantern Core, so you're going to get all of those. So, I, I mean, I could, I'd be all right with a Tom Cruise Hal Jordan. See, as the the grizzled old veteran, and then you got you know a young John Stewart, young Kyle Rayner young guy Gardner. I'm good with that. I uh, see I'm not because I'm 
don't like DC diving headfirst into like these big superhero team up movies without the build up. And that's kind of that's what happened with uh, Justice League. Agreed. They they started out good with Man of Steel, and all of a sudden they saw the success of the Avengers and what Marvel was doing, and they're like, "Hey, we want to get on, in on that." And instead of taking the time to actually build the universe, they just jumped in. So I don't. Yeah, the, they, the powers that be didn't really one. understand what the appeal of the Avengers was, and it was the buildup. You know, it, it that was yeah. the payoff of everything that had come before it and they just saw the numbers that the avengers did and thought that that was the formula mm-hmm. i would disagree with you on the idea that green lantern Corps is a team-up movie though it's still one story it's multiple characters yeah, but, it's, but it's not really a team-up i agree but it's a team-up in the sense that you have all these characters who have backstories that have not been addressed because you're, you're essentially just going to throw them on the screen and throw a villain at them and they're all going to come together to defeat the villain. And I, I mean, that's can... the basis of every uh, superhero movie, but sure, I would, pref- I would prefer to see them if they're going to do it, you know, do like a John Stewart, uh Hal Jordan movie or something like that. And then go for a big green lantern core. Cause once you go into the, the cores, that's, you know, you got a lot of storylines there and you have a, a lot of uh, material you can go with to determine what's going on. So, yeah, or not to. That that's just my opinion. Like I'm like, take your time. It's a slow burn, you know. Do it right and um, put something quality out so that we can all enjoy it. I think they could though. I mean, it, since they're behind the eight ball anyway, and, and following up behind Marvel, they could totally steal the Infinity War module and leave it unfinished. You know, maybe the the Lantern Corps is they're involved in something that they can't handle. And they need to call in reinforcements. There's your team up. Yeah, that's true. I'd actually be interested in seeing several different stories leading to the same conclusion. And it's unfinished, but you you have to wait to get the payoff. So how, you know, Marvel. Yes, it was a progressing storyline and you'd see different characters show up before they had the team up. I'd like to see. You know, the the inciting incident or not inciting incident, but the concluding incident, everybody has seen it. You know, all the characters that you're dealing with, let's say it's dark side again or actually it wasn't dark side to begin with. It was Steppenwolf. Right, let's say are, let's say it's dark side. We actually get to see dark side. Right. Instead of just the Omega sign. You get to see how the Green Lantern Corps, you know, what their perspective was in deep space then we get to see, you know, how Superman interacts with that. Maybe that would be the last one. I think I'd make Superman last. But you can see the Earthbound heroes and how they are affected. And the end of each of those movies ends with them being unsuccessful and dealing with Darkseid. Then the beginning of whatever the new Justice League movie is, it starts right where those other movies ended and you go from there. You'd really be testing the audience's patience but I think if it's executed well enough, it's original, and that will be a huge bang for your buck. Pretty good, pretty good payoff if it's done right. I could see it. I could see if they do something like that where it all ties in. I could see something like that where that'd be interesting. But it would be hard because we're so used to having everything wrap up, you know, at the end of whatever movie or television show we're watching. 
but I, th- I think, um, the issue would be how long, how long will we, would people have to wait? Because I don't think there's, I don't think people are willing to wait years for this big reveal. Cause we, cause they already teased it in the, um, in justice league. Well, it doesn't not, have to be dark side. It could be somebody else entirely. That was just the first big bad that came to mind. Gotcha. I see. I mean, you could make it the Legion of Doom. So now it's still one concluding incident. But because it's the Legion of Doom, you have just like you have different points of views from the heroes. You can have different points of views of the villain and it still ends up in the same place. Maybe you get a piece of the pod from each one. So let's say uh, the Lanterns are dealing with Sinestro. They get to. A certain point, maybe they defeat him, maybe they don't. Maybe they stop his plan, but he escapes. And you see him talking to Deathstroke. Then you get the Batman. Mm -hmm. Whatever the situation is there, at the end of it, you see Deathstroke and Sinestro talking to Black Manta. Now you got Aquaman. And you just keep adding another piece to the puzzle until you get to the end of it. There's ways to do it. And people who you know, are, are much more plugged in than I can. If I can just come up with that off the top of my head, people who are, are in this industry <laughs> and been doing it for a while should be able to come up with something to make that work. Hopefully, because, you know, Justice League. <laughs> well, you know, DC, I know yeah. you guys are listening. Uh, just know that Josh and I are available for consultation. We we are. We have a couple storylines in mind. So, you know, follow us on Instagram. Hit us up in the DMs. Uh we'll 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 uh work on something go ahead for it um speaking of which uh, you know changing subjects a, li- a little bit we're talking about people taking on new roles in different movies and potential what ifs for these movies now i know like dr strange 2 is gonna start filming next year but i saw in the news and i don't think it, it wasn't even like a comic book related thing i think it was like more one of those um headlines from one of those like uh celebrity magazines um about Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. and they were saying they were they were talking about how great a shape he's in oh and there would only be one reason for that that's what I'm getting at do you think he's anticipating a return even though we know he said he he um after Logan he was kind of done he was going to hang up the claws and uh move on do you think there's well it sounds like you you do but that he's going to reprise his role as Wolverine in the Disney MCU. Well, to X-Men. quote, to quote the uh, great American philosopher Method Man, <laughs> <clears throat> "Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money, dollar dollar bill, y'all. Listen, Disney, Marvel, Fox, whoever, back up, <laughs> back up the Brinks truck. He's coming back, and he also knows that." The fans are calling for it, so he has to be in a position to take the offer. It may come, it may not, but I think he knows that because of the position that he's taking, he's in, he's he's negotiating from a position of strength. He says, I don't want to do it, but he knows the fl- fans are clamoring for it. He's like, look, I'll do it. You got to bring the bag. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the only thing that I can think of him doing it for, because I remember him talking about how grueling it is to be in that type of shape. Oh yeah. And, definitely. Know, for him having done it for so long, that's why he wasn't interested. So for him to right. go from that to, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get ripped again, put in all his work. He ain't doing that to play somebody's father. 
No, I agree. And, and the thing about it, too, is, like, I think it was after the Wolverine when he talked about, like, how it took a toll for him to get in that shape. He was kind of doing the, the Daniel Craig, you know, song and dance where Daniel Craig was saying he didn't want to play Bond again. And he, you know, he'd rather commit suicide than film another Bond movie. Now they're going to start filming, I think, in the fall or something like that yeah. um, for the new Bond. Or they're still working on the script or something like that. But anyway, they're in the they're going to do it and he's going to play Bond. So I, I mean, think just negotiating through the press. That's all. And I think part of it is he did need a break, you know, like sometimes because I guess, too, it's, it's hard for us as movie watchers to look at actors and see what they're doing as a job, you know, and some we don't want to be in the same position for, you know, 20 years or something like that. So I would imagine the same would be said for actors who are in the same role over, you know, over and over again, and they want to, you know, spread their wings and do other things. So I, th- I, think yeah, I mean, they're creative people by nature. That's why they're in that business. So they kind of want to be able to flex some creative muscles. So I guess if you get stuck doing the same thing for that long, they want you to at least come with something fresh or more money. Yeah. It'd be cool if he was getting back in shape to take on Wolverine, you know, once Marvel is ready to introduce the X-Men into the MCU. But, you know, it's also good, too, if he's just, you know, taking care of himself and just being a healthy person, you know. Either way, good for him. So, looking at movies, I know it's a trailer I've seen popping up more and more. It's something I didn't, I hadn't even heard of. It's Ken. Did you see that trailer? I did. It wasn't, I was like, you know, that one didn't really hit my radar until recently. It looks interesting, though. Yeah, it does. And it has some, some names in it, too. Yeah, Zoe's starting to look like a mother. Like, a lot. Who's that? Oh, yeah. She Zoe is. Kravitz. <laughs> Do you mean that in a bad way or a good way? I didn't say either way. I just said that it's a fact. Whether it's good uh, or bad is up to the is in the eye of the beholder. I see, I see. No, she is. It looks interesting. I'm going to make a note to check it out when it comes out in, you know, in theaters. To go see it unless the reviews are really bad in which case i'll save my money and not go see that right i mean it's it's it has promise like it looks yeah like it could be really good but i also see the potential for it to be flat and just kind of flashy like we've had this before with movies yeah. that look really really good in, in trailers or just overall and we're thinking it's going to turn out good and then we get lucy or any one of those transformer movies <laughs> It was something that it reminded me of, and I can't remember now. Like, the kid finds a robot suit, and it, like, bonds with him. But I can't remember what it was called. I don't think it was good, but I think this will be. That kind of, like, leads us into the main topic for this evening. Is looking at some of the recent news, um, this is one that I kind of... I don't know how I feel about it just yet. You know, MTV, they said they were going to reboot Daria, and it was going to focus on Daria and her friend, and... You know, I remember watching Daria growing up, and it was one of the shows I, I... It's one of my favorite shows. I think I have the entire series on DVD. And sometimes, you know, you hear of things being, you know, that they're going to reboot stuff. And TV shows, not so much, because it's usually a couple, some time has passed in between, but with movies. With Hollywood and, and their tendency to reboot things, uh, we just want to talk a little bit about that and, you know, give our opinions and kind of you know go back and forth on either sides to play devil's advocate so to speak the pros and cons for reboots and sometimes does hollywood really just needs to like let classics be classics and not try to make them over and let us enjoy the art for what it is because you know i personally i feel and uh, feel free to jump in whatever you want 
but I feel like with reboots sometimes it's it's a it's just a money grab. Like yeah, they're they're done well. Sometimes they're just redoing things, making a sequel because it's popular. Uh, they're not really putting that much heart into it. They're not really putting a good storyline into it. They're just trying to pump it out as fast as they can so that they can you know break box office records or get tens of millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars so they can do it all over again. I don't even know if they shooting to get hundreds of millions of dollars, though. I think you can see in certain cases it's like, all right, 80s is hot now or 90s is hot right now, so we're going to mm-hmm. dip into that nostalgia that everybody seems to want and just kind of put this product out. We'll do it for cheap, make our money back, get a little bit of a profit, and then we keep it moving. Yeah, and some things I think you can do that with like uh fuller house like some people hate it some people love it um i've seen a couple episodes i you know i never i don't have that nostalgia for full house like i remember watching it growing up but it wasn't like one of my favorite shows that i had to watch growing up like you know family matters was or fresh prince or something like that so right i enjoyed it so for me watching uh fuller house i was like yeah this is kind of cool you know um, it's it's goofy but the original show was goofy so I can, you know, I'm okay with that. But then you have some people who just, you know, hate it. And they're like, it's destroying the legacy of the show. And with with Daria, and I don't know if you if you watched it or not. Absolutely. I feel like Daria is one of those shows that, uh, it's one of those shows that's definitely a timepiece. I don't know if it's a lack of creativity on my part. I can't, I don't know how it would translate if they're going to update it to 2018. I don't see where it would. Daria is a decidedly 90s character. Like her, mm-hmm. her sarcasm, the way that she communicated with the world, the lack of connectivity. I don't think it would exist the same way because we're all kind of tied in. Emo kids don't really exist in the same space. Not that Daria was emo in particular. She kind of was, but the loner positioning that she had taken, I think yeah, it's much, rebel. much different now. Yeah. And I, I think you you see that too on, um, like in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, where they reworked Flash to be like a modern era bully. Um, right. He wasn't this jock anymore. And I don't know. I, don't, I can't see that being the case with Daria because that she's that is the 90s. Now, if they do try to put it back in the 90s, I maybe could see it working. Like I will definitely check it out. But then again, too, I'm, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm 30. This really isn't made for me. It's kind of made to introduce new kids to it. Um, right. a new, a younger generation to it. But at the same time, you know, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to check it out. I just kind of want them to be truthful to what it is. And in the news, you know, we have a couple of instances of things where they're not explicit reboots, but they're kind of close. Like we have the Watchmen TV show. I think that's coming out on HBO. Yeah, they're going to, I don't know if it's going to be a TV show or a miniseries. Um, it's a TV not show. That it really matters. It is going to be a TV show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where they're kind of rebooting that. And we know they did the movie back in, was that 2010, 2009? Um, I think, yeah, somewhere around there. So it's kind of like, it's pretty quick. Um, DC is rebranding their film universe to, I don't want to say distance themselves. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Not to really, to distance themselves from the work that they put out, but to distance themselves from the work they put out. No, that's exactly what it is. That's, I mean, yeah. that's why businesses rebrand. <laughs> yeah. There's usually something that's taking place that they're trying to set themselves apart from. Like Papa John's in a couple of years probably won't be called Papa John's no more. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like Papa's Pizza or something. 
because they're going to have to distance themselves from that nonsense. And I mean, that's not an unusual thing for a business to do. As far as reboots in general, uh, well, let's not do it in general with the um, Watchmen. That one I'm actually pretty on board with because with the film, there was really no other place to go. Like they pretty much took Alan Moore's story and put it to film, you know, as closely as they could. And that story was complete. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that the story of the Watchmen was complete. You know what I mean? There could have right. there was there's more that can take place within that space. And I think that's what they're doing. They're not rehashing what was there. They're just like, all right, this thing took place. What happened after that? And that's where they're going with it, which I think is an interesting take on it. I actually I I think the Watchmen storyline, I thought the movie was kind of boring. But I, I do think in this situation, a reboot on the smaller screen works for this story. I don't think it works um, because there's so much to it. I don't think it's, it works in a two hour movie, but if you give it, yeah, if you give 10 hours to tell the story, I think you can do a great job. Agreed. So something like this, you know, I'm cool with it because, you know, number one, the storyline, I mean, what it's the, what the early eighties kind of when they're, uh, well, it spans over several decades. Yeah. But it concludes kind of like in the eighties. Right. So I I can see it working because it it's not really tied to a place in time or a point right. in time or something like that. Right. It's not. I won't. Say it's not as relevant, but it still has relevancy today. But things like this, I think, if they're done right, they could be well. But sometimes with reboots, um, some of the recent ones that come to mind, Spider Man, and we just had the Spider Man, the Amazing Spider Man series. They did it right. They cast correctly. Um, they didn't do an origin story, which was nice. But sometimes, you know, when usually when I hear the word reboot, I don't have a good feeling in the pit of my stomach or the depths of my warm and fuzzy soul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're usually pretty cringeworthy, though. You you have a right to feel that way because a lot of times yeah. when you hear reboot, it is just that a cash grab like you said in the beginning there was this thing that was popular at one time we're going to go ahead and microwave it and serve it back to you and take your money mm-hmm. without really recognizing what it is that made the thing beloved originally to begin with i'm not opposed to the idea of a reboot just one have a reason for for doing it you know it should be something that people are clamoring for and you should have a artistic vision that you're able to execute within that don't just give me the same thing you had before. Right. Otherwise, I could just watch the original. That's kind of how I feel about Daria. Good way to put it. How I feel is like, don't. But then again, it's kind of hard to. <laughs> oh, man, I feel so old now. I was going to say it's kind of hard to to do that because some of the things a lot of kids wouldn't know. They wouldn't know about downloading MP3s or they wouldn't know how you know how big it was for uh, a new music video to come out or something like that and everyone to you know watch the premiere because now music videos drop on youtube and you watch them when you want to so right. that that feeling and that that tie to the to the time period i think it could be lost like they may look at it and be like oh that's kind of stupid that's kind of goofy right but i think that would that would fall on deaf ears of the newer generation or the younger kids nowadays I mean, I'm sure they would change that part of it, but just with that character, she was she was kind of so far ahead of her peers. Um, I just don't I don't see kids, not kids or e- even young adults interacting with their peers in the same way. Like they all even the ones that are, are a little more mature 
than the other ones. I just don't see a character like her existing in the current space. Now, granted, I'm no longer a teenager, so maybe there are, but I just as an observer don't see it. So I would have a hard time believing that that particular character could work now. It was it, it fit for the time period that it was created. No, I agree. And two, it's I feel like not to be critical of Hollywood. I hopefully we don't come across as being critical of uh, what's being produced and things like that. Because um, I think overall we do, you know, even the bad movies we still have, you know, enjoy them to an extent, except sure. for Justice League um, and Transformers. <laughs> Transformers the original was good. Some of the sequels were not as good, or any other sequels were not as good. Bingo. <laughs> you know, sometimes, like I, I mentioned, maybe in private conversation or maybe on the on the podcast, my my issue with with Hollywood or my issues with movies and not just superhero movies, but movies in general and TV in general is, you know, you have a team of writers who are working on something, and when they kind of give you, you know, they cheapen uh, the writing or they they use a standard trope or something to progress the story from A to B, I kind of feel cheated because i'm like hey i've devoted you know my time to this or i've spent money on this and the best you can give me is you know something that's been done a hundred times before and you know you have four or five people who are working on this and you have two people who are fine-tuning it or sometimes you have writing staffs larger than that it's like no one can come up with something different or something new to propose to put in front of us so and that's why like when i was talking about when I hear reboots, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't have, you know, a positive feeling towards it because I feel like they're just going to take the same old stuff and just recan it and put a pair of skinny jeans on it or something like that. And then be like, (laughs) here's what you have to watch. You know, here, here's your thing. Enjoy it. The counterpoint to that though, is, you know, that that would really be on us as the fans. Then, you know, we, you and I, and, I hear other people say the same thing that we want more original content, but then you got to go support it. You know, when it's original content comes out, otherwise what incentive does Hollywood have to give you something new? Cause at the end of the day, yes, we're interested in the art of, of the medium. They're in a the business to make money. Right. Art is going to be secondary. So if we're not, you know, spending our dollars in places, you know, where we where original content is available, then it's going to start to dry up. They're just going to keep giving you what they knew worked. Why would you do anything different? You know, that's fair. No, and I agree with you. And I think that's too why, like that movie we mentioned earlier, Ken, like I'm going to try to make a point to go see it in theaters. I mean, I know my, you know, between me and Donna, the 25 bucks it costs us to go to the movies or whatever it is, doesn't make a big splash or anything like that. But if it's good, I want to check it out. You know, I want to go see it. And you know, right. I'm pretty sure we're going to see another Fantastic Four movie soon. I think we're going to see an entire new cast. I don't think anyone um, from the reboot from 2015. I don't even know when that was. I don't think anyone anyone has a desire to return to that. So I kind of, you know, I'm I'd be okay with a reboot for Fantastic Four, but at the same time, it's like, hey, do we really need an origin story? Because we've seen two of them, and we've seen two different takes on them, and one was all right, kind of cartoony and goofy and lame, and the one was just bad. From what in, I in this case, just with that particular 
story, I think you kind of have to do some sort of an origin because you need to establish where this Fantastic Four came from. It's not like Spider-Man where, though we had two different um, Peters, the backstory was the same. So when we got to the third one, we didn't need it. It was understood. Same thing with Batman. You know, every time that we've seen him, his backstory has been the same. With this, because we had the two different ones, in order to for the audience to understand where where they came from, you got it. You'd have to do it. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that it has to happen in their movie, though. You can you can set their origin up in another film and be done with it. It doesn't have to be, you know, this full elaborate thing. You just need to be able to bring the audience along. You know, this is how this happened. And I think that there have been some seeds kind of set for that already. And in, in, in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> in, in, um something you had mentioned when you were reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp a couple weeks back made me think about how I feel like Marvel is hedging, not really hedging their bets, but yeah, they're hedging their bets on answering that question for for when the deal is finalized, the Fox deal is finalized, so that we don't have to have reboots of Fantastic Four and X-Men and things like that. Like We may be able to transition to established teams and and being able to just you know pinpoint to certain things that were you know certain crumbs that were kind of dropped i mean it could be nothing yeah. it could be uh the studios like trolling us again like they did with the uh the trailer for um infinity war where you, <laughs> in the battle of wakanda, wakanda yeah, straight out lied i love that i, I, I love I, that I, I like you know i appreciate that too because sometimes some people don't like trailers and they're like oh they reveal too much in a trailer Sometimes I agree. I mean, that's me. Like, uh, I think, was that you who were saying about uh, Hulk being in Ragnarok and how if they never showed him, yes. in the, if they never showed him in the, in the trailer, it would have been a whole different reaction in the theater when he showed up. Absolutely. Yeah, and I agree with that. So I like how what they did, and I'm pretty sure they're going to keep that up because it's the company. Like like I said, the di- I think the difference between, and not to go too far off, to, up, off topic, but the difference between the people at Marvel and the difference between people at DC is the people at Marvel who are running Marvel Studios care about the characters and they care about the fans. And I can't say that's the same thing that's happening with DC because the WB is making the DC's movies. Well, I think aside from that, Marvel has earned our trust a little bit more. So we're, we're willing to kind of go along with them more so than with, with DC they haven't really earned the fans trust at this point. And I think the thing about it is initially DC did like when Batman begins came out, that was like 2005. Mm-hmm. Man, that was crazy. That's that long ago that came out and that was good. Then you had the dark Knight, which was phenomenal. One of the best movies made in the last, you know, 10 years. And then you had the dark Knight rises, which was pretty good. I, looking back at it, I like it a lot more than I originally did. It gets unfairly hated on. It does, yeah. But it wasn't a bad movie. No, no, no. And I think the the thing, too, is people don't realize is that we're not really used to seeing a, a, a finite conclusion when it comes to superhero movies. Right. And that's what The Dark Knight Rises was, whether we liked it or not. The curious thing about that one is the character of Batman and Bruce Wayne. I don't know if Bruce Wayne can exist without being Batman, but I feel like that's a topic that we can talk about for a whole show agreed agreed the psychology behind it i 
I agree with that. Right out the, the gate with those three movies, DC was like posed to kind of build off of that. So then we heard, you know, Superman, there was going to be a Superman movie and Christopher Nolan was going to be a producer. But then they changed it up and they said, well, this isn't going to be the share of the same universe as Christopher Nolan's Batman. That's fine, you know. So then they did Man of Steel. Man of Steel, some people hate it, some people love it. Ultimately, I think it's, it's a good movie. And I think that was a good starting point, again, to create this universe. And then they, they did um, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, and I hate that title. And I... Excuse me, I think I'm getting physically ill saying it. <laughs> I mean, they treated us like we were stupid. Yeah, and they, they did that. They just rushed it. They rushed Doomsday. They rushed, you know, introducing Wonder Woman, which was the best thing about that movie and is the best thing about this DC universe. universe. So I think they had, they had goodwill with the fans and they kind of like just squandered it by, by messing it up with reboots and, and things like that. So, But that's what I mean. Even if they had it to begin with, they don't currently where Marvel does. So I think that they can take more risks right. than what I think Warner Brothers and DC are able to do right now. Oh, but that's the that's what that's what I was getting at too. Sorry, is that initially Marvel didn't have, you know, they were like, hey, we're coming out with this Iron Man movie. Go see it. You know, Iron Man wasn't a pop hero outside of the comic books. And that no. was a huge gamble, but they did it well. You know, they like if you look at the first Iron Man movie, another one of the best superhero movies ever, I feel. And it's not a lot of action in that movie, but the storyline is so no. good that you no, forget it was a about small, it. It's a small, self contained story, and it worked. We made it, you know, they made it work for what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And then they sold us at the end with the uh, with the post credit scene. Right. And that wasn't that wasn't even planned. I, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, that wasn't originally planned the uh you're talking about the nick fury scenes right yep yeah but that was a gamble that they took and it worked uh yeah understatement of the year (laughs) (laughs) you know i say all that to say that if they're taking if they're they're preparing and they understand what's going on and they care and the guys at dc or the people at dc don't get it yet or the people at wb really because they're the ones who are making the movies. They don't get it yet. Maybe that's wrong because Aquaman looks like it's going to be pretty good. And, of course, Wonder Woman was good. Wonder Woman 2 is probably going to be really good. So maybe they're getting different people in charge or they're getting people people with who understand the characters. Or No, I think um, those two are going to be good. Like, I'm, I have... I'm cautiously optimistic about both of them and Shazam. Yeah, that's the other one I forgot, Shazam. So, um, yeah, that's just my hesitancy about these these reboots. And when I see it in the news, how I kind of feel. So, you know, let us know what, what you guys think, you know, how you guys feel. What do you if you feel like we're too rough or we're not looking at the big picture? Let us know. We're always open for feedback. No doubt. So, JB, any homework this week? Yes. So I'm kind of piggybacking somewhat off of the homework you gave out last week. And there's a there's a line of comics called Medikids, which I thought was pretty awesome. What it is, is it's a comic book for children specifically, but it kind of helps explain 
different medical conditions that they might see. I think it's really cool. It kind of helps to humanize people who have, you know, special needs or are differently able. Mm -hmm. And it does it from a kid's perspective. And we start to teach them early enough to appreciate people, uh, despite, you know, whatever illnesses they may be be dealing with and kind of teaching them some empathy. Cool. And I will make sure I put their information up when the episode's posted. I got one I, I discovered on um on Instagram recently. I don't think I don't think it's out yet, but it's called The Patrons. It's okay. a graphic novel. I think we're actually following them on Instagram. Um it looks like they started a Kickstarter back in April, quit their jobs to work in this comic book and it looks like from it's a kinda of like a cyberpunk futuristic um alien themed book, so Keep an eye out for that. Um, I don't think it's out yet, but you can sign up for their newsletter and everything like that. It looks like it's going to be good. The artwork looks pretty amazing. Um, so I hope these guys, you know, I, I, I don't know them. I haven't talked with them or anything like that, but I just, you know, their passion looks like it's coming through. So it looks like it could be good. Only honorable mention I have this week is that there's a new trailer out for Star Wars Resistance, if you care. So that's going to take place before episode seven, I believe, if you care. It looks dope. I, I highly recommend you guys at least check the trailer out. And I got some uh, interesting names on the cast, so it'd, it'd be worth checking out for sure. Oh, I might have to look at that because I didn't look at that aspect. I just I saw it and I was like, meh, don't really care, so I'm going to pass. But um, <laughs> I, I might look it up. Yeah. I'm not feeling Star Wars. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> you still mad about The Last Jedi? It was so bad. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. If you guys remember um, um, those little short films that they made for where Thor was during Captain America Civil War, his roommate survived the snap. Daryl. Yeah, Daryl, yeah. He's, he's still around. That's dope. Yeah, if you're not familiar with who that is, just Google Thor and Daryl, and uh, they're pretty interesting. Kind of, you know, comical take on what was going on with Thor as uh, the Avengers were breaking apart. Kevin Bacon was maybe I don't, joining. I don't have a phone. <laughs> Send a raven. <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you're, you'll enjoy Yo, those were hilarious thanks guys for for hanging out with us once again remember follow us on ig you can always hit us up via email too questions comments we're, we're open to feedback like josh said we're at views pod on instagram and email is views at gmail.com thank you guys class dismissed <laughs> nice Cut the check.